Welcome friends. Welcome. All right, today we're jumping into how do you learn? Actually, guys, can we start out with just the question? I think this is gonna be good, right? Yeah. How do you learn a new skill in the ICU, in CRNA school? Like when you're in medicine at all, how do you learn a new skill? IVs, ultrasound IVs, dub hoc placement. It can be anything or utilizing a new device, CDVH, uh, balloon pumps, things like that. How are you going to expand your skill set and your knowledge base with a new skill? <laughs> One of the hardest parts of teaching and precepting is that just because you understand a skill yourself doesn't mean it's easy to teach. In fact, this is one of the hardest things to teach someone. And when you're a new learner, it can be really hard to master those skills because people have a hard time explaining it to you. Um, before we get into this any farther, I just want to introduce myself for those of you who don't know me. My name is Chrissy, I'm a CRNA. My name's Anna, I'm a travel nurse and I'm a first year SRNA, I'm in CRNA school. And together we co-founded Complete Care Academy which is an online comprehensive resource for new critical care nurses where we have a membership and a lot of online education. So link down below and up here, go check us out there. Oh, anyway. So just because you know something doesn't mean you can teach it. I think that's a really great point that you bring up, especially now PC post COVID. We have so few critical care nurses who are experienced, who are left to train newer nurses. So that leaves you with someone who's likely your preceptor with less than two years of experience, who is probably newly familiar with concepts and terms and with skill sets themselves. Yeah. So you're going to be dealing with a lot of new learners. It's important to understand that competence in a skill is really different than mastery of a skill. So, you know, if you're learning from people who are competent, it doesn't mean that they've mastered it. And when you haven't mastered something, it can be really hard to teach. In yeah. fact, teaching is one of the signs of mastery. Not only that, but teaching in itself is kind of a skill on its own. Absolutely. Fact, you know, there's an entire, I, never, I didn't even know this until like I became a CRNA, but there's an entire doctorate degree called the EDD, it's an educational doctorate. And people literally spend years becoming masters of learning how to educate people, yeah, right? And like, absolutely. and of course you guys already know that teaching degrees exist, but like when it comes to teaching like healthcare in the hospital, people don't really realize that this is a skill Such set a skill. of its own. And it's a skill like anything else, it takes time to learn how to do. It so. takes time. So if you're new to precepting, it's not your fault that you might not be great at explaining something. Mm -hmm. It's gonna take you years to master the teaching skill itself. So this, right. is, this is leaving a really big gap for new learners and like their resource pool essentially. Especially as their clinical time has been cut short due to COVID and then they have less clinical hours are coming in and then hospitals are short staffed or they are intentionally short staffing their units so they're cutting their orientation short. Shade. So it is, it, it's multifactorial, but it's also what can you do on both ends of this, right? Because I think we're talking to people who are educating others as well as people who are learners. So Definitely. what can you do to both be a better teacher and to be a better absorber of knowledge as a newer critical care nurse, or as you're just learning a new skill, because I'm on that spectrum as far as I have three years ahead of me of lots of knowledge to absorb. So what are some things that I'm going to do to try to soak that up? And then what are some things overall that in my other roles as an educator that I would do when I was educating? Because you can be in two, more than one role at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Teach and learn. So kind of diving into that, let's say uh, maybe like, what's a skill? Ultrasound IVs. Yeah, talk about this that. is like a great example. Or even just like winding it back for like newer nurses, yeah. especially ICU nurses, like even just starting a peripheral IV. Yeah. That is like a very hard skill to master and people often give the worst advice. They go, <laughs> what is the number one advice you hear for starting a peripheral IV? I don't even know. I don't even know what they did. Here's, what, here's what I hear every damn day. Just keep practicing. Oh. That's horrible advice. Why, no. why is that horrible advice? Because if you just keep practicing without any extra insight or guidance, like what's gonna happen? 
what's the definition of insanity? You're gonna keep repeating the same mistakes over <laughs> and over and expect a different result, right? <laughs> yeah. So like that's what just keep practicing is like just figure it out, just poke around. Like, no, no, that, that's ridiculous advice. Absolutely yeah. not. Hard no. So a lot of student nurse anesthetists, when they come to the OR, if they've worked in an ICU, especially CVICUs, like that's where I came from, that's where Anna came from. A lot of times CVICU nurses are not super stellar with peripheral IVs because they always have like lots central of access. And yeah. then, you know, they even come up from the OR usually with like a couple extra peripherals. Like we give them some nice juicy ones because we know they'll need it on the floor. And like, Very nice. you know, so like it takes longer to like have, like you don't get the well, volume of peripheral IVs that like an ER nurse or a med surge nurse would. Yeah. yeah. Or even some other ICUs. Very true. So then as you're learning that new skill set, it is something that just, again, just because you are really great at your good, your good stick, doesn't necessarily mean that you're really good at teaching other people how to see what you're seeing and how to articulate, and then also how to get the learner to articulate what they're seeing and walk you through their thought processes as they're doing yeah, something new. Yeah, absolutely. One of the first things I do is like, I, so when I'm trying to like teach this skill to people, I'll kind of like watch them start the skill like or try it or actually I usually do this first usually I demonstrate it I go right. see one do one teach one right so see one you're gonna watch me do it and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna break down every single micro thought I'm having as I'm doing it yeah and then when it comes to your turn I'm gonna watch what you're doing in the second that I see you doing something slightly off angle wise like positioning wise whatever like I'm gonna stop you right there and we're gonna readjust and go from there right totally. so like you're identifying what the problem is the biggest thing though is that I think a lot of preceptors can get that far. I think what is often lost in that conversation, and this is where the ultrasound stuff comes up especially, people undervalue explaining how the equipment works. Yes. People are good at explaining the anatomy of the patient. People are good at explaining like their version of like how they like to think of the skill, but people forget to break down how does this specific IV catheter work? Where is the spring? What does the button do? Where does it catch? Where does it get stuck? The distance between the bevel of the needle and the plastic of the catheter itself. Like, if you don't understand those like nuanced details, you're gonna blow the vein. And same Absolutely. thing with like the ultrasound, right? Right. So that that's a great example of. So if you have seen an IV ultrasound placed, oftentimes the uh, vasculature that you're shooting for is a little bit deeper in the in the patient than it is like these superficial hand veins so if you're using the wrong length of iv catheter you're not gonna even if you can see and visualize the vein you're not going to come close to it depending on the depth of the vein that you're shooting for yeah so understanding your equipment is really really key with that and i like i agree with chrissy especially on the as you're teaching people how to do something for the first time, I'm really big also on the see one, do one, teach one. Yeah. So even if they like, you know, they're coming in, they're a nursing student and they do phlebotomy on the side, I'm still going to have the nursing student watch me do an IV. And then as far as IVs, honestly, I don't know. I let, the, I let, I let a student practice on me a couple times, not all the time. I've done it. Yeah. Don't it, get excited if you're in my own. Don't get too excited, <laughs> but I've, I've let students practice on me before. Yeah, that's it. I have a scar yeah. where I tell them to go there. A scar? Because I've had like, so many people do that. I mean, that's like, <laughs> here's, right there. here's your target. If you're not on the scar, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. This is where the Mark of Chrissy students in the past. <laughs> but I think seeing one and explaining and talking it through and then having them do the skill and then see how they're doing. And then I try not to step in too quickly if possible. But if, yeah, if, depends, if the yeah. approach is wrong it's also going to be different based off what the skill is. Yeah, so, it's a, yeah obviously definitely yeah, depends. But you want to make sure that they have like the right setup and then try to let them do it and then try to, and then want them to do it a couple times after that. Definitely. And then like back to like understanding, I always call it the anatomy of the equipment. Like right. 
so important. So like one of the biggest like nuances lost on learning the ultrasound. So Anna pointed out the length of the IV catheter. That's really huge. Or what happens even more often I've noticed is like, you'll totally get it in with that short IV catheter. A short 20 gauge, you'll get it in, but just this much of the IV catheter's in. So if anything happens, it migrates right back out and you have a huge infiltrate and you don't know about it because your patient's swollen. Maybe they have extra adipose tissue there that's hiding it a little bit longer. Like, yeah all that stuff, right? Like it just, you wouldn't even know if it gets pulled out. So like, that's one thing. Second thing is like understanding how does the ultrasound beam itself work? Like mm. what does that cross section image mean? Like it's really hard for your brain to conceptualize. Yeah. yeah, or like a lot of people don't understand that when you're, it's like the ultrasound beam is like super, super thin, right? You can think of it as like a slice of, of paper, like picture like a piece of computer paper, right? Right. And then when the whenever the needle crosses the beam, that's when you see the image of the needle on screen. That's when you see the shiny the white dot, right? Yeah. So whether it's the tip of the needle or the hub of the needle or anywhere in between, it's always gonna look exactly the same to you. So you have to be able to understand that like you need to move the beam forward and wait till the tip of the needle disappears and then advance till you just see the tip. And that way you're actually keeping up with it. Otherwise, you can be just shearing through the vessel. You think the tip of your needle is here, but really your tip of the needle is all the way down there. Totally. So, and then it's hard for you guys on the podcast who like can't see that, but go to the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, go go watch this one on YouTube. But that is a great example of understanding that how the ultrasound beam works. And then, how are you going to learn that? So we've already talked about how hey, a lot of times people have less clinical training coming out of nursing school these days, and then they're training new people as new people themselves. So where are you going to learn that extra little bit of information to make you good, competent practitioner in that area? So you're not always going to be lucky to have a preceptor who has been a nurse for 20 years. Oftentimes, you, like, I would say you're usually not. So what are your resources as a new grad as you, or as a new critical care nurse? So you have lots of resources. Y'all are so spoiled. You know why? Because YouTube has so much on it now so much stuff. that was not there in having so you can understand you get a little visual of what is actually going down to your patient before you start taking care of them this is a huge one this talking a little bit more about devices like cvbh ecmo balloon pumps edds all of that good stuff it's on youtube the device manufacturers yes. have animated youtube videos that give an animated step-by-step walkthrough of what their device does and it's yeah. much clearer because it's an animated version often so you don't have the anatomy of the blood in the in, in in the film in the frame and you don't have any of the other anatomical stuff going on all you're looking at is their like the manufacturer device of what is happening with the device so watch all those videos they also are what's really interesting about them is they're usually in very plain language because yeah. their intended audience is everyone from physicians to patients yeah. right and everybody in between of course but like they make it simple enough to understand that like anybody could watch the video level. once like yeah they, like because patients are the ones who are having these devices implanted right so like LVADs for example like right. they're used in patient education like 
hey, like this is a heartmate three, like yeah. here's the cartoon so that like you and your spouse and children can understand it and like yeah. this is what's gonna go into your body, right? Like it's simple enough for like that patient population to understand, it's gonna be simple enough for you to understand. So that's like a yep. very underutilized resource. I watched the balloon pump video by, or so I watched the Impella video by Abby Omed probably six times as a new grad. I pull up the Impella video all the time. Yeah. I love it. I and, still watch it. And I, re I reviewed it again. I reviewed all of these device manufacturer videos again as I was applying to CRNA school. Just yeah. in case a question came up about the balloon pump or something. It's a great resource. Yeah. And the videos are like two minutes long. And it helps you visualize to see what is happening. And this goes for a lot of other stuff. Hey, we're on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, ask us what you would want us to talk about next time. But there's so much stuff on YouTube. And then also as far as learning a new device that you're using on the unit like what are some other resources aside from youtube to not only be like safe and competent to practice but really like a good resource on a device i mean the reps themselves i think are yep. really underutilized too totally agree. usually they leave their phone number like on the equipment itself and they come around all the time yep. and they like they take turns being on call to represent the device so if you yep. have like a real issue troubleshooting or you just don't understand it or no one's around who can explain it to you like get them on the phone. You know, one of the, um, actually one of the device reps in my area, actually I know a lot of the device reps in my area because they all used to work on my ICU. It's like so funny. Much love. But I run into like the bad device rep in the hall sometime. He like does like the whole region. Yeah. This one girl, she is in the OR all the time. She works with Edwards. And so oh, she's, yeah. she does like the swan boxes, like all this stuff and like the, the, So cool. She does like all this cool stuff, but we're just like, like already, it's a great career path also. It is a good career for path. Former, like former or current critical care nurses. It's a really cool job. Who are looking to do something that's not really bedside, but still critical care related. The device rep is a good way to go. No, they're like, and they're amazing. They know everything. And because almost always they've also been ICU nurses. Yeah. They know how to explain it in a way that you understand and like support you. And they want to help you. Yeah. They're getting paid good money to help you. And like, they're literally happy to pick up the phone day or night. Like, Katie like says it all the time. She's like, please call me. And she needs it. Like, I, I really think that you need to like utilize your reps. Mm -hmm. I've called at 2 a.m. <laughs> I called about an Impella at 2 a.m. And they were so kind talking me through. I just had to change the courage fluid. But uh, it was something that uh, I wasn't you know? super familiar with at the time. Utilize the device reps. And honestly, ask them about their job too. Ask how they like yeah, it. Try to slide into that. <laughs> try to slide into that. I was trying to get one of those per diems, but I like work too much during school. All that being said, I would also say another resource is read the reference materials that are given to you. Oh, they do. Yeah. They usually in your orientation whole... packet. There's usually a binder on the unit floating around. I have with me today some of the orientation materials that were given to me back in 2019. That's like wild. Because I am, awesome. I, I think that it is important. And, well, not, I don't just carry them with me everywhere. I'm writing slides and like looking back at different things that I have, but you hold on to it. And if they give you a booklet about keep it. CBDH or a balloon pump, keep it, read it, use it when you are training your orientees. Yeah. Pull it up and then draw out what is happening and then also really try to become very familiar with all of the technology that you use. I think yeah. as an ICU nurse, sometimes as a new grad or a new critical care nurse, sometimes it's easy to coast until something goes wrong with your monitor as it's, it's as simple as a monitor. The number of ICU nurses who don't know how to troubleshoot their Philips monitor is wild. We gave like an hour long lecture of this <laughs> on this in the new to ICU membership yes. about like understanding like all the nuances of monitoring Way and troubleshooting. Forward. It's yeah, a big deal. Absolutely. It's a really big deal because like not only is it important for you like ruling out like a real emergency versus artifact or like whatever, it's also like 
there's some really big safety concerns yeah, associated absolutely. with monitoring. We're like, are you going to miss your alarm because somebody changed the, they turned off the respiratory, the respiratory read alarm? Are you going to see the patient is asking? They want me to haunt you. Yeah. Chrissy will I'm come and haunt you. you. Yeah. I'm coming through the camera. <laughs> don't worry. I don't recommend it. Turn on your respiratory rate alarm or Chrissy will haunt you. That is She's going to haunt you. Yeah. But um, it's wild. It's like, yeah, because people don't know how to troubleshoot. So like instead we're just turning off alarms instead of like doing the fix, right? Yes. And then that becomes a patient safety concern. And, Absolutely. And maybe like no one got hurt the last 10 times you did it, but it's like, it's the thousandth time, right? If it's only one out of a thousand times that something goes wrong, yeah. well, over the course of your career, you're gonna take care of more than a thousand patients, right? Or even something as simple as, again, with a monitor, the number of ICU nurses who don't know how to make a, the monitor comfort care for end of life, mm. So then the monitor is beeping every two minutes at a family who is trying to hold hands with their loved one and like have a peaceful moment and then the nurse doesn't know how to make the monitor quiet. That you just you should just become familiar become okay. familiar with that's so your important. technology and equipment, not only so that you can like preserve keep your patients alive, but also so that you can provide really good care to your patients. It's important. Yeah. Like and that's a monitor thing. Yeah. Now I had that exact issue happen to me. So I knew how to do it in the ICU. The settings were different in the OR, OR, and we had this one really rare circumstance where I did have. Um, oh, they came into the OR. They came into the OR oh, for that's us rare. to withdraw. Yeah, for you know, a donation after cardiac death. Oh, it was really awful, yeah. and I couldn't figure out how to turn the monitor to comfort care. I not have it in the OR. I don't know. Maybe in the OR. I, there should be a way to do it, and I could not figure it out. So I literally stood there, like hitting pause alarms, like every time that uh, it was awful. I was like so stressed just that the there. mom would like hear the alarms go Getting off. Pause. And I, that like gave me the greatest, I was like so mortified that I couldn't oh, figure out the comfort care mode. Anyway, it's a blessing to have comfort care. Please learn how to use it. So this kind of circles back to when you have downtime and orientation, which I know is not often because hospitals intentionally understaff you guys, so you're running around everywhere. If you ever get downtime, which you probably will at some point get an hour of downtime at work at some point, or even 15 minutes, really familiarize yourself with the equipment that you're using. ID pumps, even there's some stuff with Alaris pumps about like some places they clear the pump on, some places they don't. Mm. Some places you can turn all of your pump, your Alaris pumps on delay and then you can like delay start because you want your IV pump to not beep when you finish an antibiotic. So you can like delay the start or like, yeah. or become aware of things that people do to try to troubleshoot on the back end that actually might be kind of a shortcut that is a shortcut that could put a patient at risk. So you need to know how to look to make sure that everything is being done correctly. Just like familiarize yourself with your equipment and be the, and then you're not immediately going to be the reference person for something that you just learned, but you should try to set yourself up to be know everything that you can about any of the devices that you're using and you will help other people much sooner than you think. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this kind of goes back to what you said. I think when it, we had another episode where we were talking about like, learning new concepts oh, yeah. and I mentioned like drawing things out and I think that's another really good like totally way great. to learn like drawing in itself is a good way to learn and like memorize things and and come to a place of deep understanding very quickly yeah I really recommend it whenever you're studying to try it and helps. draw things the faster you can get into that big picture thinking and that big picture mindset the whole patient mindset is so helpful yeah and, and that's really you can like draw cool. out how the IV catheter works or even just practice teach teach back method explaining out so when we talk about do one see one teach one we're talking about teach back method. I yeah. want you 
to explain to me what you're doing. The steps and what you're doing. And if you're able to like articulate that, that shows more understanding and it helps you deepen your level of understanding. So drawing, teaching, all of those things. Really help for skill mastery. Absolutely. Oh, and about equipment. Equipment is more than just your monitor or your CVVH machine. I would say two, two thoughts here. One is watch your charge nurse or your resource nurse troubleshoot something. Yeah. So if there's and an have issue, them talk you through it too. Like, yes. Ask to be there. Like, hey, do you, while you're talking to that, do you mind if I stand by and you explain? And it can to you me? explain to me, like, or why are you, can you talk me through why you're doing what you're doing? Yeah. Great way to say that. So then so it puts anything as a learner you can do to put your coworker back in the place of educator is really good as a new grad. It's a hot tip. Positioning somebody as an educator for your learning you're going to soak up so much so quickly because people are so flattered by that. Yeah, they're like, Oh, you want me to teach you how you to like teaching? turn on comfort care on the monitor? Yeah. I'll show you totally. Like it's, it, it's, it's, a, good it's good for you. It's good for your patients. It's good for everybody. The second thing is that equipment goes for more than just monitors and devices. You should also be very familiar with the supplies on your unit. Ooh, That's yeah. a Any huge supply. Yeah. safety thing as, as well. So like you need to know like not only where all of the crash carts are, but what's in them. Yeah. And even just like how to use silly stuff, like I think about like manifolds and stopcocks. Yes. That's like a confusing concept when you're like a new nurse. And yeah. it's really important that you're turning it in the correct right direction, direction so that blood doesn't go all over the bed or your medications oh. don't flow backwards or that you understand that the hazard of stopcocks and bridging them together is that if it's not screwed on tight enough, then you have a leak. Yes. And then, and then all of your pressers, start, and then, and then like your pressers are in the bed, washing, and then you're bleeding out, oh. and then they're bleeding. It, it happens all the time, and like cracked manifolds. Like manifolds are great because there's fewer places to miss that connection. However, they can crack. So it's really important to know the equipment and what can go wrong with the equipment. Yes. So you're like really super aware. I remember I was like day two as a new grad and I'm mixing up my meds for this patient with like an NG tube. And so I'm like crushing my meds. I'm like making my little soup, good soup. NG tube soup. And make good soup. So I'm making my little NG tube soup. And then because I didn't understand the stopcock, I like go to give all of the meds sealing. Sealing. Sealing immediately. All right, babe. <laughs> and that's one of those moments as a new guy where <laughs> like, like I go talk to my preceptor and pull all new meds because I don't know what proportion of what is on the ceiling and what proportion of what is on the patient's bed. Anyway, stopcocks, good thing to understand. And this is like devices. I think this is such a key element. Devices, it's not just your ECMO machine. It's a stopcock. It's a manifold. Mm -hmm. It's the all of the equipment that you're using. It's your little hubcaps, like understanding that like blood can pull in them and be a source of infection for your patient. So making sure that when you flush it, you're actually like, you know, drawing back and flushing it every shift, every time you use it, you're actually flushing those caps. And then not just that, that you flush with little pulsations to wash away the residual blood. That's like a very small thing. Absolutely. But that could be a huge infection risk for your patient. And like, Knowing those little nuanced details, really, they really add up. They really matter. And you know, I think the last thing to say is that you can't control most things as a new grad. And we talked about this in another podcast episode. I think we'll link it up here. It's about uh, anxiety as a new, new grad. grad anxiety. New grad anxiety. You had a really good point, which is like you can't control if your patient is going to cardiac arrest. Can't most of the that. time. You usually. can't control. You usually Outside the realm of doing something really stupid. <laughs> most of the time, it's not your fault. Most of the time, it's not. So better example. Not your fault if your patient comes out with a surgical bleed. Not your fault. You didn't do that. You can't control that. Really what surgeon. can you control as a new critical care nurse? 
being thorough. You can control being thorough. Yes. You can have checklists, you can understand your equipment, you can ask questions. And nobody expects you to know that. everything, but when you are presented with an opportunity to learn something new, you can look it up on YouTube, you can draw it out so you understand it, you can ask a senior nurse or an APP. APPs are great at teaching. They know everything. And they're always good at teaching because they've been nurses long enough, usually. Tip, like most APPs, especially in the hospital, they're usually the nurses for a long time, they've accepted yeah. for a long time, so they know how to teach. They've been charge nurses, they've done everything. Yeah. Then they go back, they like become NPs, and then NPs are often precepting other NPs as well. Yeah. And then they're used to rounding, so they're teaching, you know, if you're in an academic center, they're used to teaching nurses, residents, and other like AVPs. Yep. It's really amazing. All right, so. And the PAs are great teachers too, but. Um, absolutely. The NPs specifically, I, I'm just like thinking about how like, they've been in that role too, so which is long. like kind of a huge strength for them. For that's, so that's awesome. long, absolutely. For you to go to as a resource. And that's a huge resource to use. So yeah, again, you can't control if your patient comes out with a surgical bleed, but you can control being thorough and looking things up, asking questions and using your resources. Wow, I love that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all we have to say here. Yeah. I don't think I could add a single thing to that beautiful closing sentence. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> so uh, links down below is Confident Care Academy where we have a monthly membership, where we do monthly lectures, we do lives, we have a community for new critical care nurses. Yes, come join us. And we also have lots of free education here on YouTube as well as on the podcast. Yes, yeah, so please like and subscribe this video, especially if you want to see more from us, that way you don't miss another one. Come join us in the new to ICU membership. We'd love to see you there. There we dive deep, deep, deep into all of these topics, way deeper than what we have time for on a YouTube channel. And we'd love to hear from you. So please drop a comment below. We'll see Thanks. you there.